Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast here on this Thursday, November 19th, 2020. On the show today, we have a couple news and notes. The Nats made a signing, and they've got some news about a new AAA team. We'll get to all of that and a little more here on the show today. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to it. The news today is that the Nationals have chosen a new AAA affiliate. Uh, the Red Wings, Rochester Red Wings, have been chosen as the Nats AAA affiliate. I'm reading this from WHAN ABC 13 News. The Rochester Red Wings have a new parent team again. The Washington Nationals will be the Major League Baseball affiliate for the Wings. The move was announced Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, by U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer. So that's kind of a weird place, you know, to, to get your news. But uh, Schumer said in a tweet, I am proud I secured a commitment from the Nationals to ensure new major league, uh, a new Major League affiliate for the Rochester Red Wings to keep the Red Wings safe at home, end quote. There's no doubt the, and he added the Wings, will keep knocking it out of the park for fans throughout the Rochester Finger Lakes region. This announcement follows last week. The Minnesota Twins would no longer uh, announce they would no longer be the parent club of the Red Wings. The Twins had been the MLB affiliate for the Red Wings since 2003. The Nationals have been considering Rochester as one of the frontrunners to take over for AAA operation. The Nats will be the fourth parent team. Uh, the Nats will be the fourth parent team of the Red Wings. Yep, and, and the story here being the Nationals wanted to move their AAA. This move comes, as you all know, the Nationals' old AAA affiliate is the Fresno was the Fresno Grizzlies, and that was in 2019 and 2020. And obviously, there was no AAA affiliate last season. But in 2019, you know, having that AAA affiliate being so far away is kind of a pain in the butt. And in Syracuse, you know, what was there from 2009 to 2018, uh, that was a lot closer. Now it's moving back closer to DC. You know, thousands of miles closer to our nation's capital. So that is a very encouraging sign. And it's also good to see minor league baseball in some senses, you know, still alive and well with this. So that is our first piece of news when it comes to the Washington Nationals. The second piece of news is there has been a signing. The Nationals have signed former Minnesota twin minor leaguer, Sam Clay. So kind of honestly a, a Minnesota full circled here because, um, you know, Clay was pitching in Rochester, which was the Nationals' AAA affiliate last season. So, uh, excuse me, the Twins' AAA affiliate last season. Uh, this I'm reading now from is from Federal Baseball. Clay is 27. He is a 2014 fourth-round pick by the Twins, who pitched at AA Pensacola and AAA Rochester in the Twin system. 2019, he posted a combined 3.89 ERA with 28 walks, 72 Ks in 45 games. He also made a start. He pitched 69 and one-third innings. Nice. Who hasn't made, uh, he has not made it to the majors yet, but the Nats are giving him a major league contract, as they did with Kyle Finnegan. And that's a lot of the comparisons that we're hearing. Um, Clay did not pitch in 2019, or 2020 rather, because he was on the 60-man roster, but never actually got called up. So Clay was there, he was on the 60-man, never got any chance. Uh, the Nationals, in a pitch in a press release, talked about Clay's pitching. They said Clay led all the minor leagues in ground ball rate at 71.3% and went 4-for-4 four four with 10 saves on the year. 
Clay did not allow a home run in 2019 and has surrendered just one home run in 188.2 innings pitched. It's 122 games since the start of the 2017 season. In 187 outings across six minor league seasons, he has allowed just six home runs in 405 innings pitched. I reached out to our good friend Nash Walker over at Locked On Twins, tried to get a little bit, a little bit of information about Sam Clay, and he sent me from the scouting handbook the rundown on him. Uh, left-handed Clay has a fastball in the low 90s, but will occasionally touch 93. He throws both a curveball, a slow curveball, and a slider. He has consistently shown the ability to miss bats, but as you can see, he has had some control issues throughout his career but often shown the ability to work out of tough situations. That is a scouting report according to the Minnesota Twins, uh, their prospect handbook that Nash sent me. Yeah, the, the guy did not get a chance to pitch yet, so we obviously don't know much of what he has, but this does feel a lot like the Kyle Finnegan move last year. The Nationals kind of buying low on a guy, giving him a contract. He's going to get a shot at the majors a lefty who can come in and get ground balls and get outs. And so I think that's a good pickup. And this is a team, I've talked about this at length. You know, I don't want to say every Nationals pickup is good. The Osmani Tomas one, like, you know, it's it's fine because there's such low risk and a pretty high reward there if it works out. And also, too, you know, uh, I don't expect him to get a large role. And they're going to be able to evaluate him in whatever form spring training takes, right? So with Clay, it's another one of those where, you know, the numbers in the minor leagues – uh, kind of speak, you know, speak about what he can do, right? You know, missing bats and uh, getting a lot of ground balls. Uh, you know, a guy who's got not great velocity, but it's fine. And so this is somebody that I've talked about, you know, the kind of guy I've talked about, right? I've, I've said that I'm against high dollar acquisitions when it comes to your bullpen. I like going out and getting, uh, you know, guys who had tough seasons or need a change of scenery. And it sounds like, you know, to play, Sam Clay does need a change of scenery to make it to the major leagues. And so the Nationals will get him, you know, that opportunity. We know with this bullpen, he's definitely going to get some chances. So I like the move. I think it's a move that makes a lot of sense for the Nats. You know, you can never have enough lefties out of the pen. And he'll be a nice addition. I I'm excited to see where they fit him in. Um, you know, obviously, the three batter minimum, he's not just going to be a specialist now, but this is a guy who can work, you know, an inning or two. Uh, he can come in and, you know, make a spot start. He's start, started some games in the past. I believe he's also a starter at Georgia Tech a long time ago, but mostly, you know, he can give you an inning or two out of the bullpen and a guy who induces a lot of ground balls. And also, too, in this era, not many home runs given up, right? We just heard those home run statistics. So that's an encouraging sign from that perspective. So uh, I'll be interested to see where Sam Clay fits in. But he is the third signing for the Nationals this offseason. So the Nationals, uh, not, you know, super busy, but they're making some moves. At this point in time now, they've signed Josh Harrison, and that was kind of as the season was winding down. They've also signed Yasmani Tomas, who we talked about earlier this week. And then now they have signed uh, Sam Clay from the Twins. And uh, ironically enough, you know, a whole lot of Twins Nationals crossover today with those two things. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about some of the other news uh, that's happening in Major League Baseball right now, some of the other low-key signings, some rumors, and some things that are being tossed around. And also, too, I'll talk about my conversation with R.M. Layton that's coming up tonight and will be on tomorrow's show. Uh, I'm sure you guys are going to be very excited to hear that one. We're going to talk about a lot of things, including Nationals pitching. All right, let's take a look around the MLB right now for some of the latest news and notes, something that does affect the Nationals. Uh, one of the teams that they play against, the New York Mets, 
have some breaking news, not breaking news, but some news. Robinson Cano has received a 162-game PED suspension. The Mets' second baseman has tested positive for a performance-enhancing substance, according to ESPN, uh, ESPN's Jeff Passan. The league confirmed that minutes after Passan's report that Cano had tested positive Stanazolol, I believe that's how it is pronounced. So uh, Cano is a multiple-time offender. He had he tested positive back with the Mariners in 2018. So Robinson Cano is going to have to be, um, you know, suspended for 162 games. Second-time offender. This is big for the Mets because you know they're eating his contract. Obviously, they've got 24 million on the books this season. He won't make any of that. He's on the he's on the books for two more years. He's owed 48 million dollars. And the Mariners are going to pay 7.5. That's the Nats are the rather the Mets are locked into that deal, but they're going to be free of $24 million as it pertains to this season. So that is a nice burden off their backs. But at the same time, too, they do lose a player who uh, you know was a good veteran leader for them and had a pretty decent, albeit shortened, but had a pretty decent season this year. Uh, and we know that Robinson can know, you know, a great hitter throughout uh, his entire career, but he did hit 316 this season, 352 on base percentage with a 544 slugging and an 896 OPS. Um, he had 10 home runs and drove in 30 this year as well, and he only played in 49 games. So a really productive stint in this year in Major League Baseball uh, for Robinson Cano, but they're going to miss him. The Mets 110% are going to miss him this year, but I do think they'd like, you know, the fact that there's, they're free of that $24 million contract and won't have to be paying uh, that money, at least for this season. They will still owe him around, um, I guess the number now being $40 million for the following two years. So that is, uh, that's a story to keep an eye on how the, how the Mets react to that in free agency. If they make any moves uh, involving that, are they more apt now to trade any of those middle infielders? Because we know that they've got Andres Jimenez and we know that they also have to, uh, you know, Med Rosario. So are they now more interested than before to go get a guy in the middle infield uh, with Robinson Cano, obviously who's normally a second baseman Are are they more apt to go and get somebody else? Uh, I think that's something to watch as the Mets move forward into free agency. And also too, you know, it might make their urgency to go get a middle infielder like a Francisco Lindor. It might give them a bit more juice in that category. They might want to pursue that a bit, uh, a bit more now moving forward. We'll see. But Steve Cohen has been pretty brash about his desire to spend money and to build a contender and to win in New York. And so this does give him some flexibility, albeit it loses them a player, but also too, also, you know, it's an excuse now, right, to, to go and get a guy like a Lindor because you do need some help in that middle infield. So we're, we will see where things go in that regard. Also in the National League, there is a new general manager. The Brewers have named Matt Arnold to general manager. He is, uh, he's been promoted. He was in the Brewers front office. Uh, this is from Steve Adams at MLB Trade Rumors. The Brewers announced Thursday that they've promoted assistant general manager Matt Arnold giving him the title of Senior Vice President and General Manager. David Stearns, the team's President of Baseball Operations and General Manager, still sits atop Milwaukee's baseball operations hierarchy, but has had the GM portion drop from his title in light of Arnold's promotion. Uh, So I think, you know, for that perspective, guys, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic is between Matt Arnold and also David Stearns, that relationship and, and what they decide to do and how they pursue uh, you know, free agency. Obviously, it's going to be kind of a, you know, we'll see how those two work together, you know, in an effort to build that roster. That team, it feels like it's a it's a borderline, you know, it's it's going to be a borderline playoff team. 
I think moving forward too, it's kind of where they sit, right? They were they made the playoffs this year, but didn't really have a good season. Obviously, we don't expect Christian Yelich to struggle like he did. But um, yeah, that's a team that's kind of be on the borderline, I think, next season, depending on how else the division goes. We do have some other news in that division. The St. Louis Cardinals have selected catcher Ivan Herrera, bringing their 40-man roster now to 38 players per team announcement. Herrera had turned 20 in June, ranks among the Cardinals' top prospects. MLB.com places Herrera fourth in the Cardinals' farm system, writing that he has a 15-home run on-base potential as a hitter and someone who possesses, quote, the athleticism, aptitude, and work ethic to make the necessary gains, end quote, as a defender. So this is an interesting move, right? Maybe this spells... Uh, not trouble, but you know the end of Yadier Molina's tenure there in St. Louis, as Molina is now 38 years old, and bringing up that catcher might signify that the Cardinals are looking now uh, to the future at that position, and maybe that future does not involve Yadier Molina. They also do have Andrew Kis- uh, Kisner, who is one of their um, one of their other catchers. He has not done much in the majors, but he's also on the team still. So you're wondering how they're going to go with that Cardinal rotation uh, at catcher as it goes. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to see if this is the end for Yadier Molina. Once again, it's hard to imagine Yadier playing anywhere else. Maybe you bring back Yadi for a year and let Ivan Herrera play behind him. Maybe that's the right way to handle this. Uh, that's how I would handle it. But uh, maybe they are priming themselves. There's potential here that they are priming themselves to be without uh, to be without Yadier Molina in the future. All right, that'll do it for our news wrap-up. want to make sure you guys listen to tomorrow's episode between Aram Layton and I. He is the host of the Locked On, uh, Locked On Marlins podcast as well as the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Aram and I are going to be talking about a scrimmage or scrimmages that happened between the Nationals and the Marlins. And in those scrimmages, some of the Nats' young arms got some opportunities Aram's got some uh, some information on how they did, so we're excited to hear about him. We're excited to talk prospects with him, and we'll talk about some of the Marlins, uh, some of the Marlins options here as they move towards the offseason and try to build a competitor to move into 2021, and also what he thinks of some of the moves the Nationals could make. And Aram knows his prospects so well, so Aram can give us an idea about what prospects he thinks could come up and maybe fill some of the gaps or add some more potentially in some places for the Nets. It's always good to hear Aram's perspective. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter uh, at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors. Hope you guys keep subscribing, keep downloading, and also review the show as well. 